You are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Coming up this week on Kings of the Rings podcast, it is a very different show, a very sensual show this week, a late night show here with the warden Matt Ritter from the Smack and the Raw podcast. We're going to talk about the fallout from Crown Jewel, a little bit of a preview of War Games, a social media superstar showers with the United States titles and AEW lost their king of TV. So there's no lube here because we smack it raw tonight. It's Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 358, Raw Dogs with the warden Matt Ritter exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. It's 11.50 at night here on the East Coast on a very lonely Thursday. And sometimes when you're single like me, you hit up people at this time of night hoping to get a little bit of a tip and just the tip. Sometimes it can feel like solitary confinement in your own apartment. But you know what? Even though I may be in solitary confinement, it can get really lonely. I've made friends with a warden, the warden of all wardens from the Smackin' It Raw podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the host or one of the hosts of it, of the number one podcast on Pornhub. Yes, Pornhub, the warden, Matt Ritter. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Um, I'm happy to let you out of solitary confinement for a conjugal visit with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Always a pleasure. This isn't our first. This is our third, but the first time in this setting. Yeah, I I feel like this is... This is a thing now for us. I mean, three times now. It's like this. This is a situationship at the moment. It is. It, 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 is. it is. It is. It is. It is a lot of it's it's people are going to start talking. People are going to start talking. I, I will admit that and, and let them talk. Let them talk. Let them think what they want to think. We know what's real here. We know mm-hmm. what's real here. Um, And what's what's real here is that, sir, this is your first time ever on the show in in some sort of a a physical capacity so folks you know what that means it is time for matt ritter's first guest game and sir are you ready for your first guest game i'm ready let's go all right let's do this right now first guest game starting now all right mr ritter are you ready for it so first question in our first guest game is is pretty simple. Um, how did you get into professional wrestling? Um, so when I was, I want to say like four or five, mm-hmm. I had uh, friends who lived down the street and they would rent VHS uh, of all the old WWF pay-per-views. And when I'm at their house, I'd be watching them with them. And I, I, I saw things like the undertaker versus mankind in the boiler room brawl, stuff like that. And it just, it blew my mind what I was watching. We used to wrestle on a mattress in their bedroom because their parents were never rather. One of them was older than us, like by a few years. So he was mm-hmm. watching us, even though he probably wasn't old enough to be watching us. And I don't <laughs> think my parents knew that his parents weren't home, 
But yeah, no, like we'd throw mattresses down, we'd wrestle on there. Also, weird, weird, weird thing. I do remember being very young. Okay. Uh, younger than that and watching wrestling and my mom coming in one day and not wanting to watch wrestling. So she looked at me and she goes, Oh, who are the hot guys in their underwear? And I immediately shut the show off. <laughs> and like, I don't think I watched it again until, um, there were guys, my grandparents owned a bar. So there were guys that came in that my parents told me were Bam Bam Bigelow and Hulk Hogan. And I have pictures of me with them. And they're just some random guys that would come into the bar that were regulars. And I thought I had met Hulk Hogan, like for, a lot of my life. I'm kind of glad that I hadn't now, but like back then it was different. Could you, you know? imagine if you did in the early nineties or yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's name was Carl. Okay. Yeah, I know that that's how I got into wrestling was like when I really got into it was watching all like the 1996 pay-per-views mm. through the WWF, the, 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 in your houses and stuff like that on VHS with my friends. And, uh, I, I stuck with it for a very, very long time. I, I fell out right around the rise of punk for a little bit and then mm. got back into it again. You and me both. You know, college, or I didn't go to college, but the college years and mm-hmm. I had other interests like vagina. So that, that stopped me from watching wrestling for a very long time as to like high school and college, like women, what's going yep. on? <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Women, women and alcohol. I don't regret it. I also don't remember most of it. And so that's also a thing that is exactly. that is also a thing. All right. Next question in, in the first guest game, who is your current favorite? Who's your current favorite wrestler and who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Um, favorite wrestler of all time is easy. That's the undertaker, uh, Mm -hmm. has been forever. Um, I would have said Bray Wyatt, unfortunately Bray passed. Um, so right now, um, actually wrestling, I don't, I honestly don't think I have a favorite like right now. Like there are people that I really like, but I don't think there's anyone that I am head over heels for. I've been a lot more into women's wrestling recently than I really have the men as well. So Good like time to be a women's I wrestling seeing, fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing what NXT is doing uh, with Roxanne and Gigi Dolan and Lyra Valkyria and all of that. Um, I'm a big fan of Abaddon and she does not get used enough and it disappoints me. Um, but I've, I've always been into those darker characters like Malachi, like the undertaker, like yeah. Bray, like, Abaddon, but I, I honestly don't think there's anyone that's kind of at this point. So, hmm, very, very interesting. That, that I think that's the first that no one act that no one that's ever uh, been posed that question has ever said we don't have a favorite current wrestler. But I, I do, I do kind of like that. It gives you some range a little bit. Uh, next question here: What is your favorite match of all time? My favorite match of all time, and I, I honestly don't know why, is uh, Undertaker Triple H WrestleMania 17. There are so many better Undertaker matches. That's a unique call. <laughs> that is a very unique I, call. I know, but WrestleMania 17 is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. Okay. And I was very into the American badass Undertaker at the time. I was very into the story that he was telling with Triple H. It's... um the first of many WrestleManias between them. Um, Cause I went from 17 to 27 to 28, right? Yep. So I kind of like the history and the lore there, but when I think of WrestleMania 17 and everything that happened there, 
I always think Undertaker and Triple H, and it is my favorite wrestling pay-per-view of all time. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are better matches, and I have this thing where my favorite isn't always the thing that I know is the best. Okay. Like with horror movies. My favorite horror movies in a franchise generally aren't what I consider to be the best movies in the franchise. Mm. But they're my favorite for various reasons. I love okay. Halloween 6. I know it's not the best Halloween. <laughs> I fucking love it. Like, it is what it is. Listen, there's, there's always one that's, you know, that... That uh, that you got to pick, and so following six year thing, Halloween six year thing. I'm not a horror person myself, but that's a me problem, not a you problem at all. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like I know this answer because I do control most of the social media surrounding uh, KOTR as well as Wrestlatic Radio. Fred helps me out a lot too, as well. But how did you first hear about us? I mean, it was it was through Twitter. Um, yeah. We ended up following each other. Um, I know you guys had reached out to me. I had seen your show on Twitch. Uh, you guys had posted some streams. I was looking to do collaborations, so I was just kind of like checking out random shows here or there to see like how everyone was and who I thought would be a good fit to come on our show and stuff like that. Yeah. And I had checked you guys out, and you guys had hit me up, and we had talked back and forth, and you guys came on, and... I am a frequent when when I can because you guys are normally going when I'm at work. Uh, pop in the chat uh, as often as I can for as long as I can and come hang out because you guys have a great show. Thank you, um, appreciate that. But yeah, no, it was absolutely through Twitter. Yeah, that that's honestly that's like that's everybody's answer. That's usually dude, they're like, oh, it's either through Twitter or it was Ricky. Ricky hit me up. It was yeah, you know, no live single. It, it happens. Um, so here's a here's a two part question. If you were a professional wrestler, what would your professional what would be your pro wrestling name? And also, what would your finisher be? <laughs> um, there's actually an indie wrestler who's doing the finisher now. I called it so. I used to backyard wrestle um, with okay. Travis, who is like the head of Creation World and was my co-host for a very long time, and some of my other friends. I had a trampoline. We had a backyard wrestling federation that uh, went through various forms, and we all had different characters, and then those characters kind of carried on into video games and stuff. But uh, as Matt Ritter, or now the warden Matt Ritter, um, I called my finisher the Mattitude Adjustment. Okay, um, nice. It was, it's a backdrop into a... Um, uh, a uh, urinagi. So you get him up in the backdrop and you float over into the urinagi. And I literally just saw an indie wrestler using it as a finisher. Uh, Will Gray had posted something. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I need to see that again because I think he just did my fucking finish. So is that a fireman's carry? No. Or he has uh, him straight on his back. So he picks him up in like a backdrop. like Oh, like a back air, body drop. Okay. Over into a urinagi. Um, the other thing. Oh, that's which really unique. Insane, because... I feel like I invented it. Uh, Hangman Page's dead eye. Okay. I called it the reverse tombstone. I was doing it when I was fucking 12 years old. <laughs> I had a, I had a ripoff character that I created called Havoc. He was basically just the Undertaker, and I wanted to do a tombstone, but I didn't want to do it. So I put a guy on my back and tombstoned him. <laughs> and, uh, then Hangman Page showed up, and I'm like, motherfuckers. I have there. a wild story like that that has haunted me ever since 
and this is a sideburg real quick, but it's haunted me ever since. So in college, I was taking a BS uh, computer business course or something. Um, and so as part of that uh, thing, we had to do like this seminal final assignment. It was a group project, like all great college courses are. And the group project was come up with a business and create a business proposal based on the tools that most of us already fucking knew how to use. So what ended up happening was me and the two other Joe Schmoes next to me who were more like we were intellectually more advanced than this class. And so we were like, yeah, let's just work together and just pull something out of our ass. And so the premise of our business was what's the laziest thing we can pull, we can put together in a very short amount of time and still make it look good. And we, and tell me where you've heard this before. This is also back in 2008 ish. 2008, 2009, we came up with a business called Lazy Shiz. So we, we thought we might get in trouble for saying shit uh, in college, so we called it Lazy Shiz. And I fucking hate that I'm saying this, but it was a food, a door-to-door food delivery service. The premise <laughs> was... <laughs> The premise was you were too lazy to get off your ass and get your own food, so we would we would get it for you. We got tied for best business. Never saw those two guys again. Thought about, th- never thought about it, and then years later, I was like, "That's fucking Uber Eats." Did you look <laughs> to see if any of those guys are? In any way, shape, or form tied to either Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, <laughs> any of that? Like, did they just take that idea and actually do something with it? I don't know. I'd, I'd, the only, because we all went to Towson University, so I'd have to, like, look up her boss and be like, so-and-so is a Towson alum. I'm like, that's the one. That's the one. I'm suing for rights. I'm suing for rights. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is haunting me to this day. I'm like, I could be successful. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm... I'm 5'8", and I'm nowhere near as athletic as Hangman Page, but I, I could do what I call And he came up with a far better name for it than the fucking Fat Stone, which also pisses me off. But, like, it was uh, – I'm 36 now. I was – so that was 14 years ago. So, like, yeah, see, I feel like I invented it, and somehow Adam Page just found out about it. And I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, somebody was watching. He was like, "Oh, that was probably a great freaking idea," um, and 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 went with it. That's 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 my theory about someone in that class, whoever be the people I can I did it with or whatever, just said that's a great idea, ran with it, and just maybe maybe even changed their name, you know, and just made it fucking rich, fucking like we had we had the idea. Oh my god, yeah, it's bad. Anywho, all right. So, final question of of the first guest game, and this is the question: Do you have to answer uh, as intuitive as possible? Um, if you if you've seen the show or listened to the show, you might know what this question is. Uh, but are you Team Slack or are you Team Fuck You Slack? I'm Team Slack. Wow, I did not see that coming at all. <sighs> is there any reason why you are team slack no not really okay fair enough i just nothing against nothing against slack <laughs> i'm i'm kind of sorry i feel like you know who slack is in our twitter world nothing against slack <laughs> when we get up i have to definitely show you when that when that bombardment of slack of slacking um started it is a great clip in the archives of kotr 
we he have was, he was our first fan reaction video and we decided to annihilate him <laughs> listen we have a guy who comes to all of our live streams uh he's in your discord taekwon oh freaking taekwon <laughs> and taekwon uh sexually harasses me every show he does uh, the same thing to will it's actually kind of funny says all sorts of dirty things to me about how he wants me to do dirty things to him and all of this stuff. So like, I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy having people around that watch the show that participate. And mm -hmm. sometimes you can absolutely destroy them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Nothing no, against slack. Shout out to the Quan, Great kid. Uh, very intelligent kid. He goes to Florida Atlantic, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to get into animation. I feel like he's going to be freaking awesome in a couple of years. Oh, like, yeah. He's very, 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 very talented kid. But that concludes uh, our first guest game. So thank you, Matt Ritter, for, for participating in such in your in your maiden voyage on KOTR. So with that being said, let's get into uh, everything that happened this past week in wrestling. And the first thing off the blocks, NXT has a new home starting in 2024 around September, October, and it's not where you think. The CW has purchased the television rights to NXT. Uh, I believe it's like a five-year deal. It's going to be close to like a billion dollars. It is the biggest television deal in NXT history because freaking duh. Um, the CW, which is a an amalgamation of UPN, and the WB, who's had some interesting shows, especially from the DC Universe, the Arrowverse, but is now home to things like Inside the NFL, ACC Football and Basketball, um, NASCAR is also a thing on that. So it's pretty wild what's going on there because they are bulking up a lot of their content and getting a lot of rights to a lot of things, specifically sports. When I looked into this a little bit more, uh, Mr. Ritter, the company that now owns them because Warner Brothers and whatever sold off majority interest of the CW uh, to, I think it's called Nexstar Media Group. They're the yeah. largest TV, like, they're the largest like, television distribution company in America. So, mm -hmm. like, the CW is found on a hundred percent of of televisions in America, and I think people are going to underestimate how big of a deal that is. It goes from being something so niche um, when it first in its first iteration on the WWE Network, the greatest streaming service of all time, um, to becoming the USA, which is a pretty big market, to now. The potential of being on every television in America on a primetime slot, that is a massive deal, I think. Mr. Ritter, what are your thoughts on that? I got a few thoughts. Uh, one, I, I you didn't even mention how NXT cucked the NWA. Um, I, I was going to let you do that because that, that was, that was going to be one of my next questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NWA was supposed to have a TV rights deal with the CW and then, uh, James Mitchell went and did Coke on a pay-per-view and now they might, might just be on streaming. And then actually just came in and said, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to take that. That that's nice. I want that. Um, it's, it's awesome because as a wrestling fan, someone who watched through the nineties, you know, 1999 SmackDown debuts on UPN. The CW is essentially, as you said, UPN plus the WB. So this is kind of like NXT or WWE going back to 
a home that they have had before. Yeah. Um, I need I need fisting. Um, I need to be fisted. <laughs> I need the fist. If we're going back to UPN, I need NXT with the fist. Um, please give it to me. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, dude, I'm I'm had I love NXT. I watch NXT every week. Like I said, uh, a lot of my favorite wrestlers are the females down in NXT. Because absolutely. When it comes to mainstream television, um, and you can argue whether or not TNA is mainstream or not, um, I, they do have a TV rights deal. But like when it comes to WWE, AEW, that that platform, nobody is doing women's wrestling like NXT is, yeah, and has been for a while. The the women's revolution started in NXT and came over to the main roster, and they're still featuring women better than any other show again on that platform um on cable so i'm all for it that more people get to be exposed to that and uh hopefully this leads to bigger things for nxt as well like maybe becoming an official third brand or Mm. i I don't know where they're going to go with it but that kind of money being put into it i I feel like it's going to be good yeah, it is uh it is a wild thing to think of how NXT keeps revolutionizing their women's division. I mean, if you look at Halloween Havoc this year, night one was fucking all but like two segments didn't feature women. It was absolutely absurd. Like Shawn Michaels just made a statement being like, Yeah, this is what we're doing. Um and since they're getting so much more money, I, I don't know if they'll can, I don't know if they'll start touring because I know there was this idea of potentially being a third touring brand, which has a lot of uh, technical stuff to it. But I hope with now all of this, all of this, the more exposure they're going to get and the uh, the more money that they're inherently getting from the networks, hopefully this leads to a little bit of a bump in everybody's salary. Because if you ever looked at the NXT salaries, it's not great. It's it's no. not great. Um and I'm not saying they shouldn't they shouldn't get million dollar salaries. Um I'm not I'm not saying they should get million dollar salaries because they're not the main roster and they're not that big of a draw yet. However, I feel like an increase would be great for some of those talents. Like, like I said, don't do anything crazy, but I think an increase with all of this new influx of money and TKO being a thing, uh, that they, they deserve a little bit of bump because without this consistent hard work, uh, NXT isn't where it where it is and that's been a lot of hard work for a lot of people and in even in the press release like they said wrestlemania last year was 90 percent nxt alumnus mm-hmm. like nxt uh, works two, two things one uh nxt needs to be careful with a little bit of a bump because that's what got the nwa in trouble and why they don't have their tv rights deal anymore um <laughs> but also you were asking me these questions and i don't know why um but I, I need to recant my statement about not having a favorite current wrestler. Okay. Um, and I, I'm upset with myself. Uh, my favorite current wrestler is Shotzi Blackheart. Ah, oh, nice. She's a friend I of the show. Love Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, her hosting NXT Halloween Havoc is my favorite thing. Um, her love of both wrestling and horror obviously speaks to me as someone who loves both of those things. And I'm a huge fan of her and what she's done. I love the tank. Um, even though I say that she has a dildo launcher on it, um, <laughs> uh, that's just for our show because that's what we do over there. Um, but no, I, I absolutely love Shotzi. Uh, she was actually the thumbnail for both nights of what we called swallowing havoc. Because if you guys don't know, we spit or swallow over on Smackin' It Raw. Yes, they do a lot. Wrestling. 
that's that's what we like to do is spit and swallow. So we went with Swallowing Havoc uh, nights one and two, and then I used Shotzi's face to kind of recreate the Halloween two uh, poster mm-hmm. for our last thumbnail. So yeah, no, Shotzi Blackheart is one hundred percent my favorite current female rest- or current wrestler. Period. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, her pinhead to start off night one, I was like, that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> like that's amazing. I'm not a horror and person, but yeah. Oh, that hit me because I was a huge. I'm still like I. They just dropped the trailer for the new fucking Ghostbusters movie that's coming out next year, and oh. I'm stoked. I am stoked. Oh. So that no, and I'm not a horror person, but I did love the Hellraiser series. I have no idea why, but big fan of Pinhead and all of those Cenobites and all those crazy mofos. We just talked. Me, Katie, and the Will Gray just talked on getting off the entire Hellraiser franchise. That's Sunday. awesome. We just dropped that episode. Pinhead's an elite villain. I love that guy. <laughs> nice 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 that is amazing that is an amazing little token uh to have but yeah congratulations to the nxt this is a major uh major deal and i i foresee that the people leading nxt into this new generation are already there um so it means there might be not a lot of movement for those people for a while until you get you know kicked off in this new this new era we'll see We'll Mm -hmm. definitely see what happens. But let's move on uh, to the other big news coming out of WWE. They announced that there's a WrestleMania week. Who freaking knew? WrestleMania week in Philadelphia uh, has finally been announced. It includes SmackDown Hall of Fame combination on Friday, April 5th. NXT Stand and Deliver on April 6th. Earlier that day, I will probably be drunk as hell in the parking lot somewhere in Philly. Uh, And then the Raw after WrestleMania, the biggest Raw of the year, quote unquote quote on april 8th with combo tickets uh starting to go on sale next week uh yeah next week and all of that fun stuff what is interesting uh about this press release that i read is that it did not include it did not include in any way shape or form during their quote-unquote wrestlemania week a wrestlemania access or a superstore at all what it did include was that for the first time ever fanatics is going to be sponsoring like some sort of WrestleMania merchandise and autograph experience. So that might be something completely new. And I mean, let's, I love WWE for using the weapons that are available to them, like fanatics, but I am very concerned that we might be losing out on access slash the superstar. Cause for me, I've been to a couple of WrestleManias, uh, Matt and, it's one of my favorite things to do is just run around like a kid in a freaking candy store looking at all the uh, crazy things. So what are your thoughts on this WrestleMania week uh, news? I mean, it, it's really no different than anything that we've done as far as the schedule um, for like the last couple of years. So Correct. WrestleMania, literally SmackDown and the Hall of Fame are on my birthday. Uh, WrestleMania always oh, falls shit. right around my birthday, yeah. um, which is April 5th. Um, I really wanted to go this year. Um being an adult kind of got in the way of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead I'm going down to Tennessee um, to visit a buddy of mine who moved down there a year ago and the Will Gray and Allison, we're going to get it together all of us and have a little WrestleMania party in Tennessee. But, uh, Oh, he's going to freaking cook, isn't he? I'm so jealous. Of oh, that. he is. I, I can't <laughs> wait. Um, can't wait to put Will's meat in my mouth. Um, <laughs> no, like I'm with you though. Like I've, I've never, 
gotten to go to a WrestleMania. I'm biding my time. It's going to happen, especially now that my daughter's getting a little older and I'll be able to like take her and she'll be able to like be awake for it and all that. Yeah. Like once we get there and she can enjoy it, um, it I'm going to make it happen. But losing the Superstore, losing access because I'm someone who goes to conventions, who likes to meet actors and wrestlers and things. We talked a little bit about that before the show. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So having that is really cool, and if they're replacing what they already kind of have in place with something new, where either it's not going to offer that, or it's going to it's it's going to be a d- different experience. Because SummerSlam, uh, Katie, um, and the guys from Young Kings Wrestling, they were at the Superstore that they had in Vegas for SummerSlam, and they were talking yeah. about how awesome it was and all that. Like that's something I want to experience. I don't want to. I don't want to have missed my chance to do that because that's been a part of WrestleMania for a very long time. And it's always something I've wanted to experience. I'd hate to have it replaced before I got to go. Yeah, no, they have really done. My last WrestleMania was uh, Dallas in 38, the return of uh, of Homelander. Um, but I, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will tell you, they have done a much better job with the way they did the Superstore slash Access because originally Access was like in any type of con. You paid for a session and you got as much crap as you could. Like you autograph lines, blah, blah. It was like a two-hour session and you just like ran around. Uh, The Superstore was open all the time and then they kind of maximized it, in my opinion, potentially for the better, where there are different random things that you can go to the Superstore for. So the Superstore and Access kind of ate each other. Um, yep. It became this giant thing. And the Superstore, and so essentially you pay like $10 for like an all-weekend freaking fee, and you can go in and out as many times as you want. Um, and the way that I explain a Superstore for WWE is it is the WWE shop come to life for a weekend. It is overwhelming, but it is absolutely beautiful to see you run into a bunch of people like i ran into vic joseph i ran into ronnie 2k of the nba 2k series the last time i was there um it's awesome but it is very overwhelming like there are there are sections for figures there's there's a giant belt store in the middle of the whole thing um with every belt they've ever made like it is aggressive. <laughs> it is a very aggressive pull uh, at the superstar. And that's where I lose most of my money. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. That's where all the money goes. That's how I got the U.S. title behind me. I, I was gonna say I, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> my wife actually, one of the coolest things. Like we planned our wedding, and I told my wife, she's like, "What's one thing you'd like to do for our wedding?" And I'm like, "When we come in after we're married to the ceremony." I want to wear tag team titles. Nice. Come in as the undisputed tag team uh, husband and wife champions or whatever. And she did. So we, we got the blue SmackDown tag team titles. I ordered them, kept them away, didn't touch them until our wedding. And then we wore them when we walked in. I've always wanted my own big gold. Ooh. I love the big gold. It's my favorite title. I really want one. The big gold is the first belt I ever bought for myself. And I and that was when I got my master's degree. And so the big gold actually sits very prominently on top of a shelf in my living room. It is away from everything else. Like it it has yeah. its own. The big gold is such a beautiful belt. Absolutely stunning. Um, so, yeah, if you ever if you are ever at WrestleMania and we're there at the same time, I will take you around. I've been to five. This is going to be my sixth one. Um, it's to me, it's better than Christmas. 
Like this, this is this is pure. This is wrestling. Chris, this is this is the poor man's Super Bowl. WrestleMania is one of the greatest things I go to as consistently as possible. And it's always around my birthday. <laughs> I, I'm going to make this happen. You, you are going to. It is. It is my excuse to travel America. Is <laughs> every year is find a WrestleMania to go to. And luckily this time it's in Philly. I'm hoping for Atlanta because I'll have a place to stay in Atlanta too. Uh, but moving on from WrestleMania week, uh, let's move over to the big event that happened uh, last weekend. Uh, WWE Crown Jewel. We're at the halfway point of a Saudi Arabia deal. It's been five years already. Um, and I will say, show's gotten better. Show's gotten better. Yeah. A lot better. I'm kind of jealous they get a WWE experience uh, building in freaking like January, February, like fuck y'all. Um, but the show was good. It wasn't anything that was stellar for me, but I thought the show the show was all right. What are your thoughts, Mr. Renner? Uh, we have always been over on the Smackdown Raw podcast of the ilk that uh, the Saudi shows are non-canon. Um, the first couple were not canon at all. Yeah, yeah. However, as you said, they've gotten better. Um, when they announced that they were getting that WWE experience over there, I asked my wife, I'm like, do you, do you think you'd ever want to go? And she goes, I am not going to another country where I have less rights than I already have here. So uh, Understandable. I, I never experienced that. I, I get it. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> at 100%. I looked at her, I'm like, I can't argue that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I get it. Um, it it's cool. Um, I'm sure when this ends with as much money as this brought in, they're going to re-up their deal for however much. Like, I don't think this is going to be the end of shows in Saudi once this ends. Like, Saudi's not going to want to let that go. And with the amount of money that, you know, WWE or now TKO is getting from these deals, they're they're not going to turn that down. So, we'll see. No, not at all. And at this point, they're, they're increasing their international... Uh, stuff, which is good for wrestling as a whole. It sucks for us in America, but suck it up. We've been spoiled for almost a hundred years of pro wrestling. Give it right. to the rest of the world. I'm I'm more than okay with it. Uh, so let's go to the worst kept secret in all of wrestling. Uh, LOL, Roman wins and beats LA Knight uh, with Byron's no, <laughs> yeah, right with with a with a substitute ring announcer in Byron Saxton. I have no idea what happened to Mike Rome. Uh, <laughs> I. I I don't know, uh, but Roman won because did you really think LA Knight was going to beat Roman in Saudi Arabia? Do you really think anybody was going to beat Roman overseas? Are you out of your mind? It's not happening. <laughs> like, it's not happening. LA Knight tried and it was fine. I don't, I, I, you know what it is? Like, I love LA Knight. I think it's great. He's brass. He punches, he has working punches like Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, which is like it's it's like the exact same anim it's like the exact same animation um which he was the mocap guy for a lot of 2k games um but honestly i don't think la knight's there yet ritter he's not but this is that step that he needed to get there yeah. so la knight has working punches like stone cold he has charisma like the rock and he kind of looks like uh uh oh riley um the mrs uh protege uh, oh alex, alex, alex riley alex, alex riley yeah yeah kind of looks like alex riley um which is a little unfortunate for him but the guy's great but again like you said he was not winning going into this we knew that however putting on that performance against roman reigns being at the level he was at gets him a step closer you know mm -hmm. he he hit the bft he you know roman didn't kick out of the bft roman got saved 
He kicked out of a spear from Roman Reigns. Uh, the other guys that have done that are Cody Rhodes and Jay, like these guys that are now kind of in that upper echelon of where WWE is. He's ready to take a mid-card title. I'm not, I don't think it'll be Gunther. Oh, Hopefully no, it's, it's not. Uh, someone we're going to talk about very soon. Yeah, that, that's what my um, prediction is. I think, I yeah. think in my, my bold prediction is I think LA Knight opens up WrestleMania night one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and you've seen Crown Jewel, so you know Logan Paul wins. We'll talk about it a little bit in depth in just a couple of moments. But I think Logan Paul has a WrestleMania run. He, listen, he he re-signed, and the, well, the first comment he made after re-signing is, I want to hold the title. You got your title. Give him a run. You hate, like, you, I love to hate this guy. I still also personally kind of hate the guy. And L.I. Nett, I think, is the perfect person to dethrone him at WrestleMania in, an, in, a, in, a, in a ridiculously fantastic opener that has no reason being that good. Oh, yeah. I think that is the move. But I think and there's nothing wrong with L.A. Knight losing here, because if you watch the Crown Jewel television production, the PLE, L.A. Knight is one of their top guys. He did every oh, yeah. promo package, every charity event. You couldn't get around L.A. Knight when they were talking about the things they did in Saudi Arabia. He was front and center all the time. So there is nothing wrong with L.A. Knight losing. This is a win and a loss for L.A. Knight uh, because they are building around him for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so congratulations to everybody involved in <laughs> LOL Roman wins. He's not going to be around uh, for a very, very long time, which leaves room for Survivor Series to come in, and Roman won't be around at all. And they surprise announced that it is going to be War Games returning to Chicago. The last time Survivor Series was there, it was like right before the pandemic. <laughs> um, and uh, Will and I had the brash idea of let's drive from New York City area through the night all the way to Chicago. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Now, <laughs> I have a Survivor Series shirt from that show that you guys went to. Mm-hmm. However, I did not attend that Survivor Series. I attended the War Games the night before. Oh, we were at all. We were at all the shows. The show. So you and I were both at War Games here in Chicago because mm-hmm. uh, that's where I live. Um, I've got the women's war games t-shirt, uh, the green one with Rhea and all of that. That's why I went. That's what I was there for. You know, EO coming off the top of the war games and the fucking trash can and all of that. The return of NXT, NXT version Kevin Owens for a night. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing time. Good time. Loved that weekend. Hate that arena, but love the weekend. <laughs> We're working yeah, on it, all right? We're working on listen, it. Listen, the United Center's right there, but I get it. Acoustics. Keep telling yourself that. WWE. Keep telling yourself that. Uh, but Survivor Series is returning. Uh, War Games. Somehow Triple H found a way to make this work, probably because Vince is out of the picture. Uh, War Games is coming. It's literally coming in like two weeks. We're going to talk about that a little bit more when it comes up. The men's War Games match has been set. Uh, also, Zoe Stark is going to face off against against Rhea Ripley and Adam Pierce with his best William Regal War Games impression. I was I was very impressed with Mister Pierce. I was too. Now the entire men's War Games match is not set though, right? Didn't they say it was five on five? And right now we only have four, four for each, four on four. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be. So, yeah, it's traditionally five on five, right? I thought they said it was going to be five on five, so I feel like. We've got one more person on each side. Now, my prediction from the way things are going would be that Drew would side with the Judgment Day and be their fifth. 
Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see because uh, whether you believe rumors or not or who you believe about, you know, their dog having a torn ACL, you know, <laughs> it being in Chicago, a lot of people have speculated one uh, CM Punk. Um, there are also rumors that Randy may be close to, if not ready to come back. There's a lot of interesting possibilities who could slide into that last spot on the babyface side. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Randy because uh, I don't want to see Chick Magnet around anywhere near the WWE at this point. Uh, listen, Seth Rollins was right when he called him a cancer. <laughs> Seth Rollins was absolutely correct. He has a track record, but you, you're not, the WWE's not going to escape it. The CM Punk chants have already begun on their shows, uh, and it's only going to get louder, so either he shows up or WWE just ignores it and brings out Randy and hopes that Randy can win the crowd over. We'll see. <laughs> we will we will definitely see with that, but more on that a little bit later. Also going on in, in Crown Jewel is the depressing, depressing predicament that Damian Priest is in at this point in time as Senor Money in the Bank. Crappy briefcase aside, I am losing a lot of faith in this man cashing in. This was his perfect moment at Crown Jewel. Mr. Fretz and I said this might actually occur, and we thought we had it, and then Sammy stole the briefcase all for nothing because he had to give it back on Raw the next, you know, couple of days later. But, Mr. Ritter, are you losing as much faith in Damien Priest as I am? I am, and it it's baffling to me. Uh, some of the booking decisions in, in both the companies, but in WWE, um, the booking decisions with Roman um, and where we're at with Roman now have kind of baffled me a they little bit. They brought Lesnar I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, and I talked about this with AEW on our show, but it, the same thing with WWE. I feel like there's a very clear path, and a lot of times, for whatever reason, they've been deciding to just kind of take detours and like go see a ball of yarn for a little while <laughs> on the side of the road uh, for no fucking reason whatsoever before they get to where they're going. And it's just making the trip much longer and you're getting bored. Um, and that's Damien. Seth Rollins. All we've talked about is, Oh, his bad back. Oh, his bad back. And his back has been targeted. His back has been targeted by drew. It's been targeted by Okay. At this point, with the abuse that it's been taking, and if that's the case, why are we not using that as the reason for Damian Priest to cash in, get one over? It, you're not hurting Seth in that way because obviously his back is injured. It, Damian's a heel. It gives him a a good in to hit Seth in the back with the briefcase, which is hurt after a match. Like, there are all these obvious, like, okay, this makes sense. We're going to do this. And they're like, no, we're not. And I, yeah. like you said, at this point, like, do I even feel like every attempt he's kind of had has gone tits up. So can he do it? Is he going to do it? Like, or is he just going to fail? Is he going to be another failure? I don't know. And, and the thing about it is Damien Priest's finisher or a lot of his finishers and stuff are centered around the back. Like it writes itself. Mm -hmm. It should be pretty simple. And I, I think they're scared to take it off of Seth. Um, and I also know what we all know what will happen when Seth loses that belt because he's going to throw a hissy fit and a bitch fit in a PR campaign like him and Becky did around WrestleMania last year. Um, <laughs> you know, the world title is the shut up self. He has a world title belt. And now that mm -hmm. Roman's not going to be around, um, they probably want to lean on Seth a little bit more than ever. And I, I get that. But you got to 
if there's any time to give Damien a maiden voyage, everybody knows your first run with a with a major with a major title kind of sucks. Talk to Chris Jericho. Do it now on the lowest part of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like do it now. People will freaking forget about it by rumble and it'll be like it never happened. But it did and it'll have it. <laughs> and then we can move on to a second run, which hopefully will be better. Exactly. But exactly. I, I was I was bummed they didn't put it on Shinsuke. I was really hoping that this was going to because we've watched Shinsuke win a Royal Rumble and not win it. Like we keep going there and I thought it was going to happen. And then I was like, all right, to your point, maybe they just don't have faith that Damien or Shinsuke could carry the company in the absence of Roman Reigns and be that guy. Drew can. And yeah, we didn't do Drew. So then it's like, what the fuck are we doing? That, that tells me Drew didn't sign anything yet. Yeah, that's true. That, that's what that tells me. Drew didn't sign. Um, and they don't want to run into that situation again, speaking of CM Punk. So so who knows? Who knows? He still has it for like six more months, so we'll see what happens. It's going to end up being like a Raw After Mania shindig watch. Uh, moving on, huh, my favorite part of the show, the return of the Pirate Princess. And I know she's married, but my oh my, she looked fucking beautiful um as just a savage heel uh and everything and she has the all-time best elbow drop in the history of pro wrestling and i will argue that with anybody and she still has the first ever women's iwgp champion only dropping to mercedes monet um Kyrie Sane has returned to WWE uh, and aligning herself with EO with uh, EO Sky, who they were tag team. They were a tag team in Japan for a very very long time. Um, this is the Sky Pirates. Yeah, this has been rumored for a very very long time. No one knew when she was going to show up, and it just happened right during the championship match uh with Bianca Belair which is a really good match by the way mm-hmm. I don't I, like I don't I I don't want to let go further without saying that it was a really good match and then you brought in Kyrie Sane out of nowhere um uh, I remember watching this with my friend um over over a video over a, a party chat and everything and as soon as the match started, I was like, Kyrie Sane's coming back. He's like, what? I was like, this is the perfect time to do it. <laughs> this is the, like, no one will see it coming. Like, I just had an epiphany at the last second. She looks back. She looks fantastic. Mikazi, ironically, the boo of, of Miss Mercedes Monet, made the outfit. And that, that man's amazing. Former, right? Didn't they? I don't know. I thought I, they split. I, I, I don't wrong. know. I don't know. But Maybe I, mean, I know Bailey broke up with, uh, I don't know. Bailey but, uh, broke off her engagement, but don't give me hope like that, Ritter. You know how I feel about this <laughs> Don't you, don't no, you Kyrie, give me hope. <laughs> Kyrie showing up was amazing. Uh, the look on Bailey's face because of all of the tension between EO and Bailey. Oh, and she Bailey knows she clearly, fucked up. Clearly not realizing that this was a thing that was happening. Because EO's like, listen, I can't trust you. you. You're talking about taking a match against me. You keep putting me in situations that I'm not asking for and make me defend my title. I need a real friend. I called a real friend. She's here. Bailey, uh, Dakota is sidelined. Bailey, Dakota's not, not Dakota's not wrestling until early next year. She's made that she's made that pretty well known. Like she is there. She is there to be on TV. <laughs> is what it is. 
Bailey's and people don't forget about her. Yeah. Can't take on Kyrie and EO. Yeah, no, it is. I am so happy they've run with this. Um, I, I don't want to put her also in a faction with Asuka, but it writes itself. Um, like, it would be freaking awesome. Uh, but I, I don't know where this is going to go. Obviously, we're doing this before SmackDown uh, Friday night, so there's going to be more there because it looks like Kyrie is officially signed to the SmackDown brand, uh, which, great job, Nick Aldis. Great job in kayfabe. Great job, Nick Aldis. Um, so I, I don't know where this is going to go, but I love everything about it. Uh this is a this is a great rabbit out of a hat for WWE pulling a historic superstar at this point, being the first ever women's IWGP champion back to WWE. Fantastic mm-hmm. job. So I've always had an issue with WWE and the way that they they do their brand split because you were talking Nick Aldis and her being signed to SmackDown. And when Nick came out, it looked like they were actually gonna start doing a brand split. I, I said I love that. Please do that. Just not at Survivor Series this year because you guys haven't really stuck to it or made it mean anything. Mm-hmm. So when they dropped War Games, I was so fucking happy that we weren't going brand ver- brand v brand warfare yet. That's that where it was leading. It. That was where it was leading in my eyes too. And I was so happy that they didn't fucking do it because I would have lost my shit. Like the two things that I ranted and raved about were fucking brand splits and Matt Riddle and neither of those things are really a thing right now. So like, it's a very peaceful <laughs> time over at smacking around. <laughs> I, I, I bet it is. And I don't think they will actually, um, go to, to faction wars again, even though when they did it in Chicago last time, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a great time. Uh, but they are missing one component. NXT doesn't have an actual GM like Shawn Michaels runs it. But William Regal's uh, no TV clause is running out like any day now. Um, so I think we might see the return of GM Regal to NXT, and it'll be a glorious moment. Oh. <laughs> Oh, don't don't give me hope like that. Please. I, 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 I'm, I'm highly optimistic. I don't know why, but I, I, I have a I have a vision that the first, for the first time in a very, very long time, Raw, SmackDown, NXT will all have functioning GMs and we may get an actual kind of concentrated and focused universe where they all kind of work with each other, but not too much. I hope I don't I I don't think it's actually going to happen, but I, I have my hope. Regal as GM of NXT, either giving Charlie Dempsey a very hard time because he has to live up to the name of William Regal or just like treats him like Tajiri, either treats him like Tajiri (laughs) or just keeps giving him opportunities that he hasn't earned and deserved because that's my kid. I'm going to put him there would be fucking one of my favorite things going on. It would be fantastic (laughs) because Charlie Dempsey's fucking great. Yes, he is. He's fantastic. He's his father. He doesn't. He doesn't quite have the charisma yet, so he, he needs a little something to that character, and this could be it. Yeah, I and I, I do have a now that I'm kind of fantasy booking NXT if Regal returns as GM. I and I think it'll work perfectly for everybody involved because Regal can really take this kid under his wing. Lexus King versus Regal, mm-hmm. not in, not in like a res, but just promos and everything. I think that is the perfect match for Lexus King to bring him up in the promo in the promo like department. It's it's yeah. a it's a it is a I think it, the story writes itself. There's a lot you can do with that, and also he is 
such his father. Like, I know he's like, I'm not Brian Pillman's kid, but you so are. Like, everything about you screams Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. It's, and listen, that's the best place for him to go. And I really want him on the Austin podcast. That'd be good. That'd be that'd be really great. Uh, it'd be awesome. But again, Kyrie Sane is returning and ah, Pirate Princess. I'm so happy. So happy for that. Uh, but you know who's really sad? John, John Cena actually did something that he was supposed to do and did the job for a young talent. Uh, John Cena lost in a way that he should have lost at WrestleMania, the Austin Theory. Thanks a lot for that, John. You buried somebody again. Um, but uh, I was going to call him Humaga, but Solo did what Austin Theory should have done and beat the living snot out of Cena. Um and then they gave him kind of a curtain call moment. And it looks like for the foreseeable future, John Cena's not wrestling. If not, this might have been a potential weird retirement moment for him, especially since as of last night, the actor strike finished. It's yep. over. Cena clearly said, as soon as that ink dries on the new contract, I'm gone. Cena's gone. And in Cryptic Cena Instagram fashion, he put up the end, like the old Looney Tunes cartoon, the end today. So did we just see the last of John Cena in Saudi Arabia? As a wrestling fan, you know, it's it, it's over. Never means it's over. That's um, very true. Look at Rick fucking Flair. Um, Undertaker. He has or Undertaker. Now. Yep. Um, so. <clears throat> have we seen the last of John Cena? I mean, I haven't seen John Cena in fucking years, so I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I am not, I'm not huge on Austin Theory. I am huge on Solo Sokoa, though, so watching, uh, I, I, I guess I should have checked because I've been saying, but I can say kind of whatever I want, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, watching John Cena get throat fucked by Solo Sokoa was one of my favorite things of the pay-per-view. <laughs> um, so I really... I, I have been a fan of Solo through NXT. I was kind of petitioning for like, hey, his name is Solo. He talks about like how his family left him out. Don't put him in the bloodline. If you bring him up, like have him go against Roman and attack his family. And like I was kind of hoping he was kind of like maybe he got brought up as like a sleeper agent. He was going to pull that out and be like, I'm not new. So I'm Solo and like whatever and do what they ended up doing with Jay. It didn't happen. I really wish it had. But. This it's is a great, a great alternative storyline. Yeah, but no, yeah. it is good. John Cena doing the job for a young talent, someone that we rarely, rarely see. Finally paying for his mistakes with the Nexus um, and, and everything like that. Uh, it would be weird to see John go out like this. But as as of this moment, John's not wrestling for the for the for the considerable future. Like there's no way we're seeing John return. He's got projects to do. And if one of those projects includes season two, a peacemaker, I am happy saying the good, good riddance to John Cena. Okay. Allow me to tell you how lucky you are because, uh, Omni man on mortal Kombat one. I've heard about that today. Yes. Um, and I came home from work and sat here with you and let that sit behind me. Um, <laughs> Peacemaker also DLC, and I'm excited as fuck for that. Um, not today, but coming soon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, when we're done here, I will be checking out Omni-Man. Um, and then, like you said, season two of Peacemaker, fucking fantastic. Please give me that. Yeah. No more fast films, though. No more. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got like three more years of fast films. I, I, I'm sorry about that. It's. I, I know, I know, it, it is. But you got to tell me how Mortal Kombat One is. That that is on my list of things to get for I think probably my PS Five or something like that. We'll see what happens. Uh, and last but not least, from Crown Jewel, everybody's favorite social media personality, Logan Paul, put on another good match. And <laughs> I hate to say it, but he fucking did and won the United States Championship from Rey Mysterio, one of the people he faced off with in his first ever match at WrestleMania 38. And God, if he was a full-time talent, he'd he'd be he'd be unbelievable. Luckily for us, he's not, but also luckily for us, we now have somebody who is unhinged with showing off the fact that he won the title. If you look on social media, uh, he is sleeping with his fiance and girlfriend with the U.S. title. He is taking a shower, but naked with the U.S. title. The U.S. title goes anywhere he goes. And that's going to be a thing. My favorite part about this whole match is, is the audio when he went to talk to Ray at the end. He goes... Your noble guy respects you, but I did what I had to do. And Ray's like, you cheated. He's like, no, I'm not. I won fair and square. <laughs> and walk the You know way. what you did. You know what you did. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I'm i not an asshole, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and deny that Logan Paul is not extremely talented in the ring. Um, yeah. I am of the belief that most of his boxing matches are about as scripted as professional wrestling. So he's been doing this for a while. He should be good at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, he 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 is very talented in the ring. He he has a lot of ability, as you said. I am personally not a fan of him. He he gives douchebag, and I can't get behind him, um, which I guess is good for a heel because you want to hate him. Um, and I I do. I just I absolutely do. Um, the shower thing, I'm actually because like we've seen Roddy, we've seen Tommy Dreamer, we've seen Mandy Rose, which was probably the best one. Shawn Michaels all kind of do something similar. With him, you know, in the shower, naked yeah. with the belt around him. Um, I was kind of expecting more of a... Do you remember the original NXT women's title? Yes. Yes, do I do. Do you remember why they replaced that title? Uh, yeah, it was full of jizz. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I was expecting to see. I was like, <laughs> God, I hope that they get rid of it after he's done. Because you can't... That's what I was... Especially when I saw him in bed with his girlfriend, like, cuddling it. I'm like, I know what yeah. you did with that belt. Because I would have done the same fucking thing. Like, Hold this. Smile. Yeah, man. Um, This is... As much as people will loathe this, this is actually... A major thing, and this is why I believe he won that title. He is going to run around like a maniac from January till April with this title. I'm not saying at WWE events, which he'll be contractually obligated to do because it's the freaking U.S. title. Um, but any anything that he's doing, you best believe that U.S. title is going to be in every photo shoot, every commercial, every impulsive podcast, every TikTok clip. That U.S. title is going to be absolutely everywhere and that means publicity more people to the product it means a crap ton of money and especially for people who want to see him get his ass beat and i think that is where la night comes and yeah i'm one of them too i'm one of them too the like when he arrives at wrestlemania with this u.s title in philadelphia 
of all places, by the way. And he loses to L.A. Knight. It's going to blow the roof off the place. Let's let, let's not sleep, uh, sweep the 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 big story under the rug here. Because yeah, great. Logan Paul won a belt, and he's famous, and people love him. He's going to carry it. Santos Escobar. Yes. Yes. That shady son of a. <laughs> Listen, Vince and I during during the uh, the Santos v uh, the Don of NXT Tony D uh, Tony D feud. Yeah. We're on opposite ends. Vince was very much a, a, a Santos guy. I was very much with the family, um, which makes sense because I'm Italian. And yeah, however, yeah. even Vince can't deny what he saw. And we all saw Santos pick up those knucks and set them right down in front of Logan Paul and then run away. And I do not think that in any way, shape or form that was by accident or mistake. I think he's going to say that and it's going to come out that he was on some bullshit but mm-hmm. definitely, definitely not an oopsie. Definitely did that shit on purpose because he's got some. Ray needs to stop having friends and trusting people because it never turns out well for him. No, it yeah. never does. Yeah, you know the camera work. As I've grown to love Marvel movies and stuff, and been watching breakdowns of stuff, I've become very aware and very observant about different tricks that are done to emphasize different things. And that was a deliberate camera shot that they panned to where you can clearly see him placing it down ever so nicely for Logan Paul to get. Like, that was a deliberate move, and whoever called that shot needs a raise because that is perfect. That's something WWE doesn't really do where they kind of, they don't really pull the curtain back and show you what's going on. And they did it deliberately for the first time in a long time, and I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant move. And that's another question that's going to have to be answered on SmackDown. And if this brings back heel Santos, which I think was the best version of Santos, the best dressed version of Santos, too. I was very jealous of the amount of, like, amazing clothes he wore on NXT week in and week out. I'm all for it. He needs to get a little bit of more of attitude. Like, he was, he's pretty much like the Robin to raise Batman. Um, and he needs to start becoming that, that mafioso-like character again. Because that's when he really, really shined. So, so you want him to go from Robin to Red Hood? <laughs> Potentially, yes. Yeah, we can we can get nerdy. I don't know what that means for the LWO or Carlito or everything, what's amazing that he's back as well. I kind of auto I kind of also want to see in this run, and I don't know if they'll actually do because they might actually hurt each other. I want Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny, Royal Rumble, US title. There's okay. real beef. There's real beef there. So that's why I don't know if they'll actually do it. Like they they legitimately do not like each other. When you when you look at celebrity wrestlers, and we, we're still going to consider Logan Paul a celebrity wrestler. I would agree, yes. Um, Pat McAfee, Bad Bunny, and Logan Paul are probably three of the best celebrity wrestlers that we've ever seen come in and do it. Bad Bunny literally put everything aside, trained, and wanted to do this, loves this. Um, he made relocated for six months. Exactly. Uh, Logan Paul, um, I, I I have this hard time because I tell myself, like like I said, I think all his boxing matches are scripted. I'm like, he, he can't honestly be that good at that. But then he comes in and he does this, and he's as good as he is, and I fucking hate it so much because uh, I just don't want him to be good, and I want him I want him to fail, and yeah, because whatever. 
Um, and then Pat McAfee again, fun as shit and does his thing. So seeing two of those celebrities go at it in that way, who are as talented and as good at this as they are, uh, for being someone who's not, you know, trained up in wrestling the way that everyone else is, uh, for the amount of time that they've been would be really cool to watch. Yeah. I just, I'm very scared that bad buddy might actually start beating him up because they, he's not a fan of Logan Paul living in Puerto Rico. As his primary residence. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. I wouldn't be happy with Logan Paul living in Chicago. <laughs> so, so, so there's that. But let's uh, shift gears over to uh, the Tony Khan show. <laughs> um, and Chris Jericho, who just celebrated his 53rd birthday, finds a way to somehow remain relevant. Uh, he has teamed up with with Kenny Omega, who might be doing a deal with Sega for one of their matches coming up at Full Gear. That's the rumor. Um, and, and Kenny and Chris Jericho are now known as the Golden Jets. That is that is a thing. There, that's there, there, There's a T-shirt there. I understand it's a play on Golden Lovers. I don't know where the Jets comes from. I don't know if Chris Jericho is a Winnipeg Jets fan. I'm probably he probably is because he's built from Winnipeg. Although he was born in Manhasset, Long Island. Um, so so I, I I don't know where this is going. But um, at this point, Ritter, do you think Chris Jericho is just dragging this out? Uh, Chris Jericho has been dragging this out since he signed with AEW. I have not enjoyed a single thing that Chris Jericho has done in AEW. I'm not, I'm not necessarily of the opinion that he's not put anyone over what I, cause he has, he has. um, he's lost to guys. He, he has, but I, I have not been a fan of the pinnacle. I was not a fan of the JAS. I'm not a fan of this, uh, Jericho here has not done it for me in any, like I wasn't a little bit of the bubbly guy. Like, He's not he's not doing it for me. Um, I'm also uh, personally not a huge Kenny fan. Um, so like these two together, I'm not even a big Young Bucks fan, but I find myself like siding with Matt Jackson and all this and be like, yeah, Matt's fucking right. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Kenny. Fuck you, Jericho. Like, and it bugs me a little bit, but it is what it is. So whatever. Like, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, it, it, it's they should call themselves the Winnipeggers. <laughs> I mean, they already have a, a a tag team that scissors people all the time. The Winnipeggers fits fits in perfectly. Exactly, fits in perfectly. I I don't know with Jericho. Like, I just feel like he just jumps from faction to faction to to try to make things work. And there was a time when Chris Jericho was essentially like the Madonna. Uh, in the Madonna of pro wrestling, where he could just find a way every every generation, every couple of years to reinvent himself. You still know it was Corey Chris Jericho, but there was always these little these little changes to his character and, pers- and personality from the way he walked, the way he talked, what he wore, the way he did his entrance. Oh, wait, Jericho's like the best Jericho of all time. Um, and now I feel like it's rinse repeat. Like I don't know the difference between bubbly Pentacle Jericho, JS Jericho, and Golden Jets Jericho. I don't know the difference anymore. The thing is, I my first experience with Chris Jericho was when he came to WWE. I wasn't really watching WCW. Now we've gone back uh, over on Patreon.com/slash Creation World. You can check out Return to Wrestling, where we've been covering WCW, and I'm. Holds all that. And like I said, everything that I've seen of Chris Jericho up to this, up to him coming to AEW, 
I've enjoyed so much more than everything he's given me in AEW. And then he posted that picture of himself shirtless today where he looked like, um, <laughs> uh, oh, what what was it? Uh, Dr. Zoidberg without the shell on. <laughs> so. <laughs> do you think? I mean, he's got he's got to pick he's got to put some kids through college now. I think I think one of those people are in college. I mean, Jericho lost me from a personal standpoint when he tried to say Missy Elliott shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's another story for another time. Um, I think he was carrying that what, sign to the January six riots with his wife. So probably, yeah. probably you, you you never know. He he could have been their Uber. <laughs> 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 Probably what it was. It's probably what it was. Hop in, baby! <laughs> Everything. But back on the AEW train, one of the biggest news coming out of an AEW Dynamite television show was the fact that Ring of Honor is still on AEW TV. However, uh, the king of TV at 574 days, Samoa Joe, vacates the title undefeated for 574 days after beating... Keith Lee, my arch nemesis of a twin, um, on his birthday, by the way. So happy birthday, Keith Lee. You're not even going to win a title. And then after losing the title fight, the guy who has the probably the greatest reign in ROH television title history says, screw it. I'm dropping the title and going for the AEW championship, although he already had that match as a U.S. title holder at Grand Slam. Matt Ritter, make it make sense, please. Listen, I I know a lot of people are like fans of ROH and that, that this hurts their feelings that AEW is treating ROH this way, that they, they bought this company and the champions are on AEW, they're not on ROH. And I am a big proponent for brand splits and keeping things separate, and I absolutely think ROH and AEW should have been kept separate. However, I fucking love Samoa Joe. He's beaten everybody there is to beat. Do I think mm-hmm. that maybe letting Keith Lee beat him for the ROH TV title would have been a good idea for the ROH TV title? Yes. Do I personally give a fuck about the ROH TV title? Absolutely not. Um, and does that kind of hurt him a little bit going into a match against Max by having lost a title to then go challenge for a title? Yeah. So, like, if this is their goal and this is where they're going, I want some... <laughs> I want Samoa Joe to beat Max because I want to see Samoa Joe hold a major title on a major company like AEW. Like, I fucking love Samoa Joe, and I want to see that for him. He never got it in WWE. He had the NXT title, but he never got that on the main roster when he was doing his thing. And he was fucking fantastic, and I was hoping for it. So yeah, I doubt he will, but I'd love to see him take out MJF and hold that title for a little bit and show us what main event Samoa Joe can do on a stage like that, because he is one of the best talkers. He is one of the most believable badasses in professional wrestling. So like, oh, yeah. I, I don't really give a fuck about the ROH title. Like, and I don't think anyone <laughs> does. Cause is the, the only person that cares about ROH is Athena because she's the only one that they keep on ROH and they don't let her do anything else. So like, and she's injured. Yeah. She's injured right now. Uh, yeah. ROH is, I'm so upset. I had a lot of hope for ROH because I thought they could do a brand split. And then Tony being Tony just gave AEW everything, gave AEW like seven hours of TV um, on a weekly basis. Like you couldn't, 
give anything to ROH, but hey, it's it's your company. You do what you want in between your lines of Coke, Tony. Uh, <laughs> I would love for Samoa Joe to win the AEW World title because I think they need a character like that after Max drops. You know, World's End is going to be in Long Island, or on Long Island, sorry. It's really bad native Long Islander for me. It's going to be on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. Very big WWE territory, uh, by, or arena, by the way. So it's a big deal, but they also have fantastic acoustics. Uh, and there's no guarantee MJF returns after he drops that title. He's going to be the hottest free agent in 2024 when, you know, when that, when that ball drops, MJF's contract is a, is a ticking time bomb and he hold, he's, he's going to hold all the cards and if he's as intellectually talented as I think he might be. I think he will drag that out as much as possible right. and create a lot of intrigue to, to drive the price up because I think that's what he does. And he's very intelligent at doing that. Um, but in that interim, Samoa Joe challenging MJF and beating him to end out the year when you have a lot of, when you have MJF in limbo the following year, I think would be the smart move. Yeah. I, I really think it would. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think MJF is the devil? You know, because there's a lot of theories. I don't know. I've, I've seen. Obviously, we talked Survivor Series, but there's there's the CM Punk theory that all this has kind of been a work, and the devil is CM Punk. And I saw some people really That'd grasping at straws to like make because they oh Shinsuke did the GTS, so that's a sign that CM Punk's coming to WWE. Blah blah. blah. That's a grass. Yeah, it's grass on that straw. But it was never it was never CM Punk's to begin with. So in AEW, I saw them like. Mox said something in a, and they use that. Then like the acclaim getting thrown through glass. And they're like, if it was fake glass, then it's CM Punk. If it was real glass, it's Jack Perry. I'm like, you guys are. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. But <laughs> stop. It. There's that. Then obviously there's the Adam Cole theory. Um, Baby. I don't know about the Adam Cole theory. I saw the picture of that foot. That foot was jacked up. <laughs> my theory is it's MJF. And here's why. Wasn't he the devil already, or he's used the mask before? No, he, he, that is his devil mask. But then the thought was that his mask was stolen, blah, 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 this and that. But I've watched MJF tell me that he's still a scumbag, but he's my scumbag repeatedly, right? But nothing. Such a Long Island term. Nothing I have seen from MJF tells me he's a scumbag. He scissored the acclaimed. He shook Daniel Garcia's hand. That is not MJF. I think it's all a facade. I really do. I think he's really the devil. I think when all of this plays out, it's going to reveal that it's him. And we're going to see that heel MJF come back and it's all going to be a big fuck you. You guys thought I was this nice person. You guys believe me, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I, I really think this is who he truly is. And this is where we're going. And I feel like if that's not where we're going, I don't think anything else would be as big of a payoff or as fun of a payoff as that. I don't know who else they could put under that devil mask. And keep MJF the way he is, you know, and it'd be entertaining. And losing to yeah, Samoa Joe would be a good reason to drop the whole, he's lost the triple B. Now there's no reason to pretend anymore, you know? Yeah. No, um, because I, I'll say this. Uh, MJF's babyface run is not entertaining to me at all. Not not at all. Um and I think Samojo beating him and MJF throwing like a, a temper tantrum um, and then disappearing for a while would think would be perfect for him. 
um because it gives it gives you storyline leeway to to do a lot of different stuff with that if like especially if he's going into contract negotiations you write him off tv um but yeah no mjf needs a change the the bromance with adam cole had a thing for a while but like it felt forced especially watching it like all it, it felt really forced mjf's doing like double duty all the times anyways because he's apparently the ring of honor tag team champion still <laughs> um, even though he doesn't have a tag team partner <laughs> you know you know he's still doing like he's still doing zero hour like the opening matches and then doing the main event matches which is absurd uh because full gears next week which is something that's still a thing um so full gears next week, so i'm prepping for that so since we're talking ring of honor uh the tv championship is vacated because samoa joe said i'm wasting my time with this uh the tag team yeah. titles are on a tag team that only has one member uh correct the women's title is on an injured woman yes who is the world champion right now eddie Kingston. okay Who's also the NJPW Power Champion as well? Well, at least at least they've got Eddie Kingston, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Eddie's a good time. I've I personally interviewed Eddie in one of our early days, um, or earlier on uh, a couple years ago when we had a partnership with Evolve, and they gave us Eddie Kingston as our first interview. He's a he is a riot. I love everything <laughs> about riot. Eddie Kingston except for his ring gear choice. <laughs> His promos, his, I feel like he's never watched it either. His promos, his in-ring, they're all fucking great. But, like, listen, as a bigger guy, Eddie, you got to wear something yeah. that kind of makes you look better. And the, the signal <laughs> with the bag of pants is not working for you. It's not. It hasn't been. We need to rethink the gear. Like, when he comes out and he's got a baggy T-shirt and his chain, he, he looks like the guy that he sounds like when he talks. We yeah. got to figure something else out, because when you come out in your gear, you don't look like that guy. <laughs> you look like a stepfather who just got done beating his child. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. And that, that is very true. Eddie Kingston has never changed that gear at all. And it, it's still... I remember first, you know, interviewing Eddie Kingston and meeting him and he, or not meeting him, interviewing him and Evolve and stuff. Cause we used to go to a lot of Evolve shows as they were part, that we were part of that tour to Queen, they were in Queens a lot at Laboom. Um, it's still shocking to see what he did. He was in a faction in Evolve, Eddie Kingston was, called The Unwanted, if you remember The Unwanted. Okay. And it included Eddie, Swerve, and Joe Gacy. Okay. <laughs> You know, and it and it worked. He elevated all of them, including himself, and now we're all doing great. And say what you want about AEW, I really love what Swerve has been doing, oh, yeah. and given the and given the freedom to do. Like when he came out and all in, he looked like a megastar. But so back to that point that I made about AEW. Now that we're talking about Swerve, because Swerve is a prime example of AEW having a direct path to something and then taking a detour. We saw it in the Swerve with uh, Keith Lee feud, where everything was going so perfectly and we we saw the direction and then all of a sudden they just stopped doing it for like two months before we kind of got back to it and then by the time we got back to it there was no conclusion um swerving ar fox beating the shit out of that kid in his dad's uh training uh wrestling school and that was yeah. some of the coolest shit and then all of a sudden we're like eh, but no more ar fox in this group which in my personal opinion, AR Fox is the only one in that group that makes sense to be hanging out with Swerve. 
Like, I don't... You know how many people A.R. Fox has trained? Yeah. Like, in the Indies? Like, A.R. Fox, if you watched A.R. Fox in the Indies, one, you could smell him a mile away. He is a massive pothead. Like, ridiculously pothead. But the people that have trained and came and come from the school, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory, to name a few, um... The, the the people who learned on the AR Fox tree is amazing. I've seen AR Fox do things that I didn't think a functional pothead should be able to do in a wrestling <laughs> ring. <laughs> exactly. So, like, AR Fox is amazing. And I was so happy because I knew he would never make WWE because he just didn't fit the persona. Like, Eddie, like Eddie Kingston, I was like, you can't make WWE. Like, they're never going to go for this. Um, but I was so glad to see AR Fox finally get television recognition, all for it to be for nothing several months later it's really a shame maybe maybe we've got this wrong maybe being a functional pothead is what helps you because rvd <laughs> scorpio or uh <laughs> too cold scorpio mm-hmm. ar fox uh that he who shall not be named um because i'm not gonna sit here and say he was terrible in ring um i'm fairly certain logan paul gets high oh yeah so maybe maybe it does help it calms the nerves and helps you do cool shit i don't know um, yeah, but you know, like I don't see swerving Nick Gage hanging out, you know, like that, they don't look like they'd yeah. be friends. I could see swerve <laughs> and AR Fox, like being friends, hanging out, getting along. It, it made sense. And then all of a sudden we just kicked him out of the group and we were done with him and it's over. Now we're, we're on the hangman thing. And I'm really hoping that we drive this hangman thing to an actual conclusion. And we don't just like stop doing it for a couple months because hangman has to go repair things with the bucks and Kenny. And we're going to forget about, cause that's what they fucking do. And it drives me insane. It's like, why, why are we doing things? He signed on for five more years for this, yeah. by the way. Like he had, I feel so bad for hangman because it, AEW always feels like they're going to do something with him. And then they're like, no, we lied. <laughs> we totally lied. Um, and I feel so poor. For, and he, he had the chance to get out. And be like, I deserve better. And he is just stuck in a bad relationship. AEW fans are going to hate me for this. I don't care. Whatever. Add Matt Ritter. Come at me. Go for it. I have said from the beginning, and it, I, again, I love Hangman. I love the fact that he does the finisher that I created when I was a child. Um, I always said I thought he'd be better off going to NXT than he was staying in AEW. Uh, yes, I agree. he became AEW champion, and that was great. But I, I feel like given the the performance center, he's not a terrible promo he could be better. Um, he has all the talent. And at the time that AEW was coming up, the, the DIYs, you know, Gargano and Ciampa and Adam Cole, everything that they had going on over there, I feel like Paige was a better fit for NXT than he really was AEW at that time. Even though he did main event against Jericho for the title and blah, 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 and eventually got that title and all that stuff. I honestly feel like he's, he's a better fit for NXT or WWE than he is AEW in my personal opinion. I would I I would have to pretty much agree with you on that. Like I think he there it's it's clear and evident to me at least from an outside perspective that he's hit a ceiling. He's hit a very very hard ceiling in AEW and they're not going to let him go further unless something dramatic happens, um which I don't see at all. Um and he's he's stuck in a loop. And he's not going to get out of that loop because he's contractually obligated for the next five years uh, to, to stay in that loop. And I'm concerned about his future. I, I really, really am because uh, he has all the talent in the world, all the talent in the world for Hangman. And I feel like it might get wasted. 
because he won't be able to grow and develop, like you said, if he were to in NXT and get the coaching. That's why it's taking Jade Cargill so damn long. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not comparing them as people, but I feel like Adam Page in AEW is uh, Benoit WCW, where he, he okay. hit that ceiling. He did become world champion, but he hit that ceiling, and he kind of knew, like, we have our Hogans, we have our Flares. In this case, we have our Stings, we have our Edges, so on and so forth. And that's kind of where they're putting their money, and there's not much for me going forward. And he's going to have to move on to, again, like you said, break that ceiling. Yeah, and who knows uh, if he's ever going to be able uh, to do that. But, folks, that is the end of our show this week uh, at the great hour of 1.15 in the morning Eastern uh, time. So... Uh, I want to first thank Matt Ritter for coming on the show uh, and, and Smack and Roll for the first time ever. We finally got you on uh, and everything. So the floor is yours right now. What would you like to plug? Plug anything you want, sir. Uh, you guys can check us out live every Saturday, 11 p.m. Central, midnight Eastern on twitch.tv slash creation world or youtube.com slash creation world. Smack and Raw podcast is the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. This is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R, which is right there below my name. Um, also yes, it on is. TikTok, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Smackin' It Raw, no G. Um, and if you're a horror fan, you can come check us out at Getting Offed on X. Um, and same thing every other Sunday live on Twitch and YouTube at 11 p.m. Central, midnight Eastern for that where we talk horror movies. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, so without further ado, I need to finally get some sleep and all of that fun ship. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast episode number 358, Raw Dogs, because it's 1.15 at night, and I am Raw Dog in here with the warden Matt Ritter from the Smackin' It Raw podcast. You can find me at Ambassador Biggs across all social media outlets whenever I decide to return. Hint, hint, it's next year. Uh, find Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast across all social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, because I damn sure I'm not calling it X. Fuck you, Elon Musk. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, all that in between. KOTR, pun, KOTR underscore podcast for all things Kings of the Rings. If you're listening to us, make sure you're listening to us on WrestleAddict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Uh, the same home of the Fretzelman podcast the wild p podcast returning soon and the brace for impact podcast which is on a little bit of a season hiatus at the moment find wrestle addict radio on all social media at addict underscore wrestle on twitter and wrestle addict radio everywhere else the links to all of that stuff are going to be in the description below when I come back next week. I am going to be having another special guest who is going to be breaking down with me AEW Full Gear because apparently AEW Full Gear is still going on. So I had to prepare for that. Hopefully I'll be bringing in uh, some another another fellow podcaster from the Midwest. Apparently I like you guys. Uh, so stay tuned to figure out who's that going to be. But until next week, folks, goodbye. Good night. We'll see you soon. Uh, yeah, and I'm not Team Slack over here, so fuck you, Slack. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.